0: Welcome to the Prison Care Podcast. I'm Sabrina Justison, founder of PrisonCare.org, equipping compassionate people to support the often invisible people groups who make up a prison neighborhood the inmate residents, correctional officers, staff, administration, and the families of all these folks. Join me for this week's episode and be encouraged to think, care, and respond as we explore the challenges facing prison neighborhoods everywhere. Let's support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters. Who
1: are you? Who am I talking to? (laughs) We'll start there. (laughs) My name is Becca, and I'm Jay's sister.
0: So join Becca and me today for a personal on-the-spot reflection on what visiting your loved one in prison actually looks like sounds like, feels like. And a little bit of understanding as to how this is supporting positive prison culture. When you come on a visit, you are supporting positive prison culture. Visiting a loved one in prison is intimidating, especially that first visit. But honestly, it can sometimes continue to be intimidating for all sorts of reasons. And so we thought that maybe sharing a little bit about our visit with Jay a visit that we made together in August of 2022 would be helpful to people who are considering that first visit to their loved one, or who have found visiting to be very difficult and maybe very negative in the past. Um, We just wanted to share a little bit about our experience, the things that we've learned along the way, and some of the ways that that can make it less stressful easier and sometimes even really cool join becca and me for a uh, an organic conversation in our hotel room <laughs> my name is becca and i'm jay's sister and we joke that you're his twin that's right you guys are not actually twins we are not twins but we have pulled that
1: uh pulled that many times on people over the years
0: yeah so you guys were close yeah, very up.
1: close growing up. We're also close in age um, and similar group of friends. And um, we stayed close uh, for many, many, many years, even into young adulthood.
0: There are other episodes of the podcast where Jay goes into more of his story and his um, extended psychosis and all the delusions that went along with that. And um, so if people who are listening want to know more about that, you'll have to look for those episodes. But... Fast forward to um, four and a half years later, mm-hmm. and we are actually recording this in a hotel room. Yes, uh, because we came across the country for a visit—a little mother-daughter, sister-brother <laughs> <laughs> um, visit. So we visited all day yesterday, and we're heading back for another visit today. So the way visitation works at this particular facility—it's different at every facility. And that is very challenging for people who want to remain um, supportive and connected to a loved one who's incarcerated to figure out what the rules are. You would think it would be like really obviously posted somewhere and it kind of is, but half the time you're looking at rules that are out of date, have been changed. Some of them are enforced, some of them aren't. Oh, and there are a couple of things that aren't listed in the rules that are currently being enforced. So it's, it can be very unsettling to go for your first visit. This is third visit. This is DMI third. And it's, I don't know for me a whole bunch. Um, But so we just wanted to, while it's fresh in our minds from yesterday and heading back in today to just talk briefly about what it's like, Mm -hmm. um, what you might want to think through if you have a newly incarcerated loved one and you're getting ready for your first visit. And what are some of the things that could make it a more positive culture in the visitation process, because let's start here. I didn't know that visitation is wanted by the administration. Like they want people to come and visit because the statistics show that outcomes are so much better for people who have visits from loved ones. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't feel like that. The first time I visited, I felt like I was a bad person because my loved one had done something terrible. And I felt like I was judged and hated by all of the staff working in the visitation area. So I came in like defeated and afraid. Um, and over the years, I've discovered that that's not the case. I've learned that that's not the case. But the system still makes it very hard to visit. So Beck, why don't you just describe like mm-hmm. what did we do to get in yesterday, and then how did it make right? So the process actually started a couple weeks ago, actually a couple months ago.
1: So um, you have to fill out. Oftentimes, there's paperwork that has to be done ahead of time. So, information on who the visitors are, who the you know uh, prison resident that you're visiting is. Um, so, all of that has to get done well ahead of time, and then your visit has to be approved and scheduled. Especially because we are traveling out of state, that's a big deal because um, it is a little a little trickier to schedule visits when you're traveling by plane to visit a loved one. Um, and then, of course, the logistics of you know, getting a hotel and getting someplace to stay and then the actual driving to the prison and waiting until it's time to go in. Um, you know, you pull up to the prison and there's, uh, at least where Jay is, there's a giant parking lot and you can, you know, it's a little overwhelming and intimidating seeing the barbed wire, seeing yep. the amount of fences and you will feel very tiny and probably scared no matter who you are and, and what you've seen. It is it is very overwhelming, the f- especially the first time um and then for us we walk up to the gate there's a big giant sliding door gate and there's a little intercom and you just say i'm here for a visit and they ask um do you have any contraband on you and they might list a whole bunch of things you know that you're not supposed to bring in
0: and you and just say in a hurry they yeah. might not list anything and yeah then, They say, <laughs> like last time i was here it was somebody new i guess uh-huh. and they did a list that included car keys and of course we all have our car keys cause <laughs> right how else? How else can are you we gonna right? You can't lock your car. So all of us were like looking at each other. Um, so we went. We have car, car keys. keys, and they were like, "Oh, that's right. You can bring those in." Okay, go ahead. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and yesterday's
1: it news. was any contraband. Nope. <laughs> and, no, okay. And then the gate opens, and it's a two two sets of gates you go through. Um, so you go into the first one, and you're in this little. Um, you know, square box area, and then there's a second gate. So once that first gate is completely shut, then the second one will open for you, and you can then walk into the visiting entrance. Um, And then once you're in the visiting entrance, they are right before you go in right now with COVID protocol, they are taking temperatures. Some places are doing testing for COVID. Some are still requiring masks. Some aren't. It just, again, it depends so much on where you're going, and that can be information that's sometimes a little tricky to try to get the most up-to-date you know what are they doing right now uh, and the only things we're walking in with are our car key our ids and we also brought our vaccination cards with us just to be extra safe um since that is a requirement for for prisons
0: at some point point. and then i have i usually carry a couple of 20s to put on yes the card for oh the right cash keys. yep
1: yep cash and then we have uh a special vending card that we bring with us so that we can access the vending machines in the facility. Cause you can't just put coins or cash into them. You have to have this special card that you can only purchase once you're at the prison. Yeah. Um, so we get in and then they check your IDs and they give you some paperwork to fill out um, basic information, you know, who you are, where you're from, who you're visiting, your driver's license. And, after that paperwork is done, you can fill up your vending machine card. Uh, it's like a little, a, just a little machine out in the lobby, and you put the card in, put your cash in, get, and um loaded up with a fair amount of money because the the snacks at least where we are are not overpriced but it definitely is a money-making thing because sitting and talking for eight hours can kind of feel very long without breaking it up with snacks and meals together so
0: yeah where we are it's priced about like airport food yeah like everything's marked up by about 50 percent of what you would expect to pay on the outside yeah pardon me but um I know of facilities where food is handled totally differently. Mm-hmm. So um, finding out like ahead of time, like contacting the visiting office and asking what are the rules for food, very good idea if you've not done this before because it yep. may be really different. It
1: could be completely different. Yeah, there are at least I've heard anyway. There are places where you know people are even allowed to bring in a home cooked meal. Um, so it just it really really just depends, um, and so then you. After you've filled up your filled out your paperwork, you've got your vending machine card, um, then you're going to go through some level of security, and I don't know how much this varies from place to place. It's similar to going to the airport, except um, it's the airport, plus you're the person who gets pulled aside <laughs> to also get pat down. Right. So you're going to get everything. Um, you take off your shoes. And you walk through, and then they do a pat-down, and they check under your tongue, under your feet. Um, They'll have you, you know, pull your bra out and kind of snap it to make sure there's
0: nothing hidden in there. Um, Apparently, there are a lot of facilities where underwire bras are not allowed. Yes. That is not the case at this one. Yeah. But you will frequently, um, I've heard at a lot of um, parking lots around prisons, you will see underwires littered on the ground. because women have gotten there and realized, oh man, we're not going to rip yep. their wires out yep. and leave them in the trash. Um, so yeah, it's hard to know a lot of the key to not freaking out is just to stay really humble. Yes. And if you're not sure to just say, I'm sorry, what do you need me to do? Or, yep. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that was a part. How do mm-hmm. you want me to, you know, like yeah. just own the fact that, that you don't me, know, you're not in control here and you yep. don't know.
1: Exactly. I kind of think to myself when I'm going in, I, I think this is how my brother feels all the time. Essentially, he's more comfortable now. He's used to the way it works. But this is how it is. There are a lot of rules and protocol in place. And you're kind of just at their mercy for a little bit. So I, I always have to remind myself, like, this is just an exercise in empathy for my brother and what he's experiencing, what his friends in prison are experiencing on a daily basis. And this is a tiny little taste for me. And I can handle that, you know. Um so yes, yeah, so after you get your pat down, they often, you know, will show you where restrooms are, and you might be able to use it at that time. And then you get your shoes back on, um, you put your car keys and, um, you know, any, any other little things that you might have brought with you into this locker. Um, and then you just wait for them to open the doors to the visiting room, and again, it's where we are, and I'm sure it's like this at most places, there's at least two doors you're going to be going through. Um, most places are a double door system. So you go into one, and then you wait to be buzzed into the next door. And then you come into a room that um, is going to look very, very different depending on you know your visitation experience. So there are people who are still doing the, you know, behind glass visitation, we are really lucky where Jay is. It is kind of like a giant fellowship hall. Um, if you've ever been downstairs in the church basement, it looks similar to that. There's a lot of chairs and tables. Um, and at every table, there is one red chair and that is for the prison resident to sit in. And then there are chairs, Um, around it and they are pre-set up. So you have an assigned table and as you walk in, they'll tell you, um, often someone will direct you to where you're going to be. You'll be sitting for the day. Um, So you head over to your table and you uh, sit down in the non-red chairs. And at that point, it's just kind of a waiting game. It could be Um, just one or two minutes. I've waited as long as 15 or 20 almost before, um, just depending on how quickly they're able to get the prison residents there um, and get everything set up, Um, especially on busy visitation days. um, It can take a little while for our loved ones to actually get to come into the room. And that's always the best part is seeing Jay walk through the door in the morning and he could spout us across the room as we're sitting in our chairs and we are allowed to get up and, and hug him you get to do a hug
0: and um for spouses you can do a close yes kiss yep
1: yep and and then everybody sits down and
0: you get to talking and hanging out yeah 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 and um it is it's a space with Some rules posted on the walls. I have found that they change from visit to visit. Mm -hmm. But there are also rules that are not anywhere on the walls. And you just don't know. So you end up breaking rules accidentally. And you end up being corrected by the officers who are in charge of visitation. And I am sure that there are facilities where the visitation sergeant is not kind. We are really fortunate to have a visitation sergeant at this facility who is, I think, a really good person. I think she has a very hard job. And she is not always warm and fuzzy. (laughs) But I think she believes in visitation. And I think she's trying to make it possible for everybody there. But um, things like you're not at our facility, at least you're not once you come into the visitation room, you're not supposed to talk to other visitors, like people who are there to visit their other, their loved ones. And there are a couple of people that I've gotten to know now in line waiting to come in, you know, and So I've chatted with people while we're waiting for our loved ones to be brought in, not knowing that that's actually like a rule. Apparently, Mm -hmm. we're not supposed to do that. I don't know the reasoning behind that rule, but we're not. Um, And yet at our facility, it's a rule and I've been told to not chat. But then yesterday, we had a woman who was very chatty with us and nobody said anything to her and it Mm -hmm. wasn't a problem. So it's just, it's really variable. And this brings us back to the whole prison care thing. Um, the people in charge have a ridiculous long list of rules that they're supposed to be enforcing and they have to constantly be discerning whether or not any given rule is worth enforcing at that moment. Like, Mm -hmm. is there any actual reason to do this? And apparently yesterday morning, there was no problem with my friend chatting with us for a minute because Mm -hmm. there was nobody else in the room. No, um, no residents had been brought in yet. It was only visitors and staff in the room. And I guess they decided that it just wasn't a problem, Mm -hmm. but on another day or another officer might decide, no, this is, this is a rule that can't be Mm -hmm. ignored right now. Um, So to just respect the fact that they are in a space of uncertainty too, they want to do their jobs, right. They want to do their jobs. Well, they don't want to get in trouble but some of the rules don't make sense to them either. And sometimes they don't know whether this rule actually applies in this exact situation or not. And so I just work really hard to remember that these are people who got up this morning and maybe their kids were cranky and uh, maybe they forgot to floss their teeth last night before they went to bed, like just the super normal stuff of life for all the people who are in uniform because a lot of them put on a mask of toughness mm-hmm. and I used to really be intimidated by that mask the first year at least that I was going on visits it was very intimidating and as I've gotten more and more as i become more and more convinced that prison is almost as hard for the people who work in there as it is for the people who are forced to live there um, it has become so much more pleasant to go on visits and I see the staff trying to do a hard job, but they are just like me. Mm -hmm. And the ones who seem the coldest and the toughest are quite possibly the ones who are feeling the most on the inside and having to just shut it down. So there is one um, there's one staff member at this facility who actually was not there yesterday and I'm hoping he will be today, but he has kind of gotten to know us and we come, you know, a long way. And he clearly Just has decided that he likes us. He sees something. He has told me this, and he has also told Jay this um, at a different time. There's just a good vibe in your family. I can see that you love each other. And that was like a game changer for me. When he first said that to me, I realized, okay, they want me to come and visit. This is making their facility safer and calmer when there are loving people from the outside who are actually trying to stay involved in the lives of their incarcerated loved ones. Um, we are not resented. Yes, we are a lot of work for them. When we come in, we create this whole system that they have to maintain. But it's a system that they believe is keeping their facility safer. Mm -hmm. So you're actually kind of partnering with both the residents and the staff. When you come on a visit, you're supporting positive prison culture by coming on a visit. And um, they may not always let you know that, but the ones who are mature enough and who are having a good day where they're able to they'll They'll give you some encouragement if you let them because they actually do want you there so that was a lot, but that's just that's something that was such a hard road for me to to travel to learn because I came in scared and ashamed and over the years have realized that that's that's not helping anybody it certainly wasn't helping me so yeah, so we're going to call it now. We're going to get in the car. We're going to go off for another day of visitation. you have any you know, yep. final thought you want to
1: throw in no, there? No, just it's definitely it's worth the visit. It is worth the, um, the effort and the time and even the emotional toil that it can be going to visit a loved one. It, I always leave. I'm tired, but I'm always like, that was so worth it. It's so meaningful. And I know that it's making a big difference in the lives of our loved ones who are in prison. So it is always, always worth it.
0: Awesome. Thank you for being willing to talk about it. And that was that. We did indeed spend another full day um, of visitation and it was really good. Really intense. That's probably one of the best words to describe a prison visit. It's intense. There's a lot about it that's good. There can be things about it that are not so good but none of it feels wasted. And I believe that that's because none of it is wasted. I think there's something incredibly powerful about showing up and physically being in the same space when prison is separating members of your family or separating you from a dear friend. Um, Please consider a prison visit. If it sounded too intimidating to you before, you can do it, you really can. And it is a super concrete way to support positive prison culture from the outside. And we're going to wrap up this episode, just reminding you, as always, that our goal here on the podcast is to encourage our listeners to think, to care, and to respond in compassionate ways that could have a positive impact on the overwhelmingly negative culture inside a prison's walls. You really can become a supporter of positive prison culture inside a prison facility that you've adopted. We break down the steps for you at prisoncare.org. If you haven't been to the website before, oh, please visit. You can download free PDF curriculum. You can share your stories. You can find other people's stories. You can find community. And you can give if you would like to make a financial donation and support our efforts here at Prison Care. You can find information about that on the website as well. Yes, you can get a tax write-off for it. Isn't that wonderful? So check us out, the prisoncare.org community page has all the information you need. We welcome your questions and your thoughts. Please drop us a comment on the Contact Us page, send an email to info at prisoncare.org. Show up, join the conversation. Together we can make a positive difference. Thank you so much for caring enough to listen today. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Prison Care Podcast. Be sure to visit us at prisoncare.org. Prison Care, equipping compassionate people to support positive prison culture from the outside. Because everyone on the inside matters.